And this is Faith FM with Encounter with God. We are digging into the book of Revelation, chapter 19 today. We're going to talk about the gift of prophecy in today's oh. subject. Revelation chapter 19 brings up the issue of the gift of prophecy. So we're going to find out what that is all about today. Really? Because it says here, was it Revelation 19, songs of victory in heaven and the rider on the white horse. Uh-huh. Rider on the white horse have to do with gift of prophecy? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. No. We've done the songs of victory. We're going to do the rider on the white horse. Okay, cool. But in between those two, in between those two? there is a verse. Oh. A verse. Just one, one verse. Just I love one it. Verse. I love it when you can get a whole Bible study out of one verse. Like those are the most bang up verses. I ever. could, I could, I could give you a couple of Bible studies out of this one. But anyway, be that as it may, I keep wanting him to do a quiz. Why can't we do a quiz? It's oh, just sorry. Unfair. Actually, someone messaged me on Instagram and was like, "What's this idea you had in the middle of the night, Mon? <laughs> I forgot to tell you guys about that. Do you hear about my idea? Sure. Okay. So last night I was thinking to myself, right? Do you know what GYC is? Uh, general, no. No, wrong. <laughs> it used to be General Youth Conference, but then it became... Yeah, and now it's called Generation, Generation, Generation of, of Youth, youth for, for Christ. Christ. That's so right. basically it's yes. the biggest uh, Seventh-day Adventist youth conference anywhere. Yes. And it happens every year, the last three days of the year, three, four days of the year. It's usually North America. And uh, it's just a, a, an amazing experience. I've been to two of them, uh, one in 2010 and one two years ago. And I, I really, I really, I really enjoy going. You go there and you have the speakers, they have like, you know, workshops and, and, um, and people doing amazing sermons. And there's a big, anyway, it's so much fun. It's incredible experience. Thousands and thousands of, uh, fellow believing, uh, young people go and it's really fun. And, um, <laughs> I really, really, really wanted to go last year, Lyle, but I couldn't get it together financially. And so I, I had to miss it. And I still regret it now that I wasn't able to go. And I've been thinking to myself, how could I manage to, <laughs> to get there this year, right? Mm. And so last night I was like, do you know what? I'm going to snack my way to GYC. You're going to snack your way there. I'm going to snack my way to GYC. You know, we were talking about what, this little thing called <laughs> the value of sleep earlier on and how that snacking is really, really exactly bad Lyle, for your exactly. sleep. Exactly. So this is what I'm going to do. Every time that I get a I'm craving, confused. every time I get a craving like, oh, I want to eat some hot chips or oh, I want to eat some, um, you know, a muffin or a cupcake, I'm going to find out how much the muffin that I'm craving costs of like $3, $4, $5. And then I'm going to go on my internet banking and I'm going to transfer that amount this is an my, awesome idea. Across to my special savings account that I can't access unless I drive an hour to the nearest bank. Uh-huh. At the end of the year, all the snacking I didn't do, the money will be in that account. And I reckon, knowing myself <laughs> and how adventurous I am with my eating and wanting to try new things, I reckon I'll have enough money to get myself to GYC. I'm going to snack my way to GYC. Which will both I be like healthy. This. And, I like uh, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, anyway, and, that's and what I was thinking in the bed last night, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, and self-denial is something that always, um, it strengthens you. That's Strengthens right. you spiritually. You should always do something every day that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, self-denial is always a, always a positive thing. Delayed, um, what are they called? Gratification. It? Delayed gratification. Very, very powerful yes. Yes. Um, metric for success. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And so, Mon, I congratulate you on this. I uh, will hold you to account on it. Thank you. Anytime you see me saying, oh, I really want, you know, fill in the blank. Anytime you buy a snack, I will politely take it off you and eat it myself so that you can make your donation. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then you pay me the money and then I'll put it. Yeah, yeah. And just say to me, Mon, would you rather eat that muffin or would you rather go to GYC? But this is like a friend of mine who gave up smoking and at the end of the year bought himself a Harley Davidson. That's right. Exactly. Because you can that's, transfer that's the pleasure to something else. That's an expensive else. motorbike. Yeah, yeah. And he just took all of his cigarette money and put it in a jar. And at the end of the year, went and bought himself a Harley Davidson. And this is the thing, right? He'll never forget that Harley Davidson. I'll never forget my GYC experience. But I will forget every snack I ate if I don't go. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And f- you'll be healthier. You'll be happier. You'll uh, um, be wealthier and experience. You'll have better arteries as a result of it. That's your, right. your heart will be happy. Your I'll brain be will be happy. Better. Um, you will be less likely to catch diabetes. Catch diabetes. <laughs> Because that stuff just flies around the air. That's right. You catch, you catch diabetes from um, from snacking. That's right. Okay, we're, we're way off topic. Yeah, but yeah, if you if you ever get <laughs> come to big camp and come meet us at the at the Faith of M Temp and just ask me, just give me a gentle reminder. I, this is I'm declaring open season to <laughs> to encourage Mon to snack her way to GYC. Just give me some encouragement when you see me. <laughs> Fantastic! I love this story. Let's go to Revelation chapter twelve and verse seventeen. What I thought you said ch- chapter nineteen. Yeah. What's wrong with chapter 12? You switch your room. I like chapter switch 12. Switch your You've got a problem with chapter 12? Well, verse 17, please. Uh, actually, let, let me read this one. Let me read okay, this one. Okay, go read on. This one. I, I, like, I like the KJV on this one. The Bible says, and the dragon was wroth with the woman. Mm-hmm. See, there's a cool word. Yeah. This is your, your challenge for the today is to use the word wroth. Not wrath, but wroth. Okay. Bible uses both of those words. Mm-hmm. In some places it says wrath, in some places it says wrath. So, Mon, you need to be wrathful about something today. Okay. Okay, I'll so try. the dragon was wroth with the woman. That means he was very, very angry and upset and bent out of shape. And went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Now, this is important because when it talks about the remnant of her seed, it is talking about, you know, the woman is the church, so obviously the remnant, those that remain. That's what the word remnant means, remaining. Um, the church that is remaining at the end of time. Yeah. So that's important for us, right? Yeah. We yeah. are living at the end of time. We want to be a part of the remnant. The Bible goes on to say, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So it gives you two identifying characteristics there, unequivocal, that define for you uh, what the, uh, the how you will identify the remnant? They keep the commandments of God and they have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The question is: We all know what the commandments are. They yes. are easy to find in the Bible. Yes. You simply turn to Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, 20 and there'll be 10 things that say thou shalt not do this, do that, do the other, etc. Comes as an easy list. Yep. God does not make complicated laws. However, when it comes to the testimony of Jesus Christ, what is that? That's a good question. Now, we just had a testimony. Kate was just on here sharing her testimony a moment ago, right? Yes. It was a great testimony. It was. Very powerful testimony that Kate uh, shared with us um, about how God worked in her life. Mm. But when we read this passage right here... It says testimony of Jesus. So that's got to be better and more important than your testimony or my testimony, right? Yeah, because it's not like Jesus had a perforated bowel and had to get surgery, so it can't be his No, he was crucified on the cross. Yeah. But I wasn't crucified on the cross, and I don't think. Yeah, so we can never equal. Be, we so. can never equal Christ's testimony. So how do we have Jesus' testimony? Yeah, what does that actually mean? If they're like, yeah, what, what does it? What does it mean that we have the testimony of Jesus Christ? Does it mean I just tell his story and say, look, this is a good question? Yeah. Does it mean that you are a communicator of the story of Jesus? In other words, you have the gift of teaching. 
Is that yeah. what it means? Yeah, because, I mean, I can share with you Kate's story, and I can share with you Jesus' story, I can share with you Shell's Your story, story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and my own story. Mm-hmm. I, I've lived my own, but I haven't lived Kate's, but I can still share it with you as a testimony of what Jesus has done for someone else. Yeah. Is that what it means? Mon, you're about to make a donation. I'm just uh, looking out through the window here. I'm about to make a donation. Oh, no! Someone's come by selling cupcakes. Darn it! Why did I say anything about this? Snack my way to GYC. <laughs> I guess I'm about to make my first payment Your towards first my contribution. Ge- <laughs> Look at our boss! Look at our boss through the window. <laughs> <laughs> what a rat bag. Did you see that? He was flaunting his cupcakes at me. How dare he? Mon, mon, mon. So was that like $3.50? <laughs> I guess my first payment towards my ticket to America has just been made. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Okay, so here it is. Um, uh, we're going to be at Big Camp and you can all come and join us at Big Camp and come past the uh, Faith FM booth. And uh, the more cupcakes that you bring, the sooner <laughs> Mon will get her money together to go to... I'm going to be broke. <laughs> to, ...to GYC. Oh, that's mean. Okay, but yeah. So how is sharing Jesus' testimony as a way of exemplifying the power of God and what he can do for you, is that the same as having the testimony okay. of Jesus? This is all the million-dollar question we need to find out the answer to, and this now takes us to the verse in Revelation Ooh, chapter 19 yes. that is not the songs of praise and glory. Okay. And is not the rider on the white horse. Okay. It comes between those two verses, between those two passages, and it's kind of a bit of a standalone verse. And it's all about the testimony of Jesus. So would you like to read for us? No, I'm going to read it. Okay, fine. I'm going to read it. I'm I'm liking my translation. You go on. You go on. All right. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. In fact, I'm going to start in verse 9 because 9 is sort of a part of it. Um, And he, this is the angel, is about to speak to... Um, John, in this passage right here. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So when he, the angel, speaks to John, he says, Write these things. Blessed are those which are called at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. So we've got to, the reason that I am reading that verse is to give context so that we know who is talking to who. Mm-hmm. So we've got the angel and the and John having a conversation together. In verse 10, and it, it says, And I, that's John, fell at his, the angel, the angel's feet, to worship him, the angel. Gotcha. Is, is that a problem? I, I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah why? Is. Is because you shouldn't worship anything or anyone other than God. That's right. Anything Ten that commandments, is created. I have no other gods before me. You do not worship creatures. You worship the creator. That's right. And the angel is a creature. Okay, so I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said, See thou do it not. Ooh la la. Isn't that great language? Love it. In other words, don't do it, is what we'd say today. Mm-hmm. Or we'd just simply say, don't. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Um, I am your fellow servant and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is, defining verse, the spirit of prophecy. Wait, what? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So if I'm like sharing some with someone Jesus' story, does that mean I am exercising the spirit of, the of, prophecy? of prophecy? 
Well, wait, what? Uh, how can that be? Okay, okay, okay. So what it comes down to then is how the the, the spirit of prophecy is manifest. Okay, because it could be this. It could be that anybody who teaches the testimony of Jesus or anyone who teaches the prophecies of the Bible has the spirit of prophecy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I could say to you right now, look, Jesus came down from heaven. Mm -hmm. He was perfect in sinners, Mm -hmm. and yet he died a sinner's death so that you might be free. Mm -hmm. And then, boom, I've just shared Jesus' testimony. Does that mean that I just was... You have the spirit of prophecy. Really? Does it? I don't know. I'm asking you. (laughs) That's a good question, though. Or here's your alternative. Yes. So either the spirit of prophecy is manifest amongst the teachers, in which case you and I mm-hmm. have the spirit of prophecy, mm-hmm. or it is manifest amongst the prophets. The prophets, okay. That's different, isn't it? Yes, Because is, neither yeah. you, or not, you nor I are prophets. No, def, definitely not. not definitely not. We have not received that gift. We have received other gifts of uh, the spirit, but not that particular gift. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit uh, gives gifts or divides the gifts as he wills. In other words, the Holy Spirit decides which gifts you get. He's not given you the gift of prophecy. He has not given me the gift of prophecy. And when you look at the biblical model, you typically find that there are not a lot of people at any given time uh, that have the gift of prophecy. Yeah, it's a very few sprinkling. Yeah, usually in Bible times, what you find is that there is one main prophet um, who is giving prophetic guidance at any given time. Uh, In the New Testament, you've definitely got more than that you've got your you know that whole early rain experience that we're talking about where there was a proliferation of people who had the gift of prophecy but even still when you think of the massive numbers of people who became christians it was still very small those that had the gift of prophecy on a percentage basis Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the world was a much bigger place of course um, in the first century than what it was in say the you know the, the 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 10th century bc uh, where you could have a prophet for the nation of Judah or the nation of Israel, and he only needed to cover that territory. Now, now you need to cover the entire the territory of the entire Roman Empire, and so you've got more people who have the gift. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, with the invention of communication in our day, it's mm. kind of go back the other way again. That's right. Yeah. Um, God does not needlessly throw gifts around willy nilly. Okay, so um, getting back to this question here, yeah, so Carlos, is just on the that point. spirit of prophecy manifest amongst teachers or prophets? That's our question. Is it amongst teachers or prophets? Mm-hmm. Well, no. I'm going to find a verse on this. I'm going to show you a verse on this. Okay, but go on. Is it teachers or is it prophets? Pro- prophets, right? Prophets, prophecy. Okay, so it does indicate that, but <clears throat> I can become a teacher of prophecy. Does that mean that because I'm a teacher of prophecy, I'm a teacher of the testimony of Jesus? That it's mm. prophecy. So we got to. We have to answer this question. We yeah. have to answer it with yeah, Bible. Yeah, I, d- I d- yeah, true. I mean, I'm just gonna. I'm put my two cents in now. Mm. I don't think it is. I am going to show you what the Bible says because when you know what the Bible says, you know what the truth is. End of story. Good point. Notice verse ten. The angel says this: "I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus." The angel says something very specific. He he says, "I am of your brethren." In other words, your brethren, John. So, who are John's brethren? that have the testimony of Jesus. The brethren here in this context have the testimony of Jesus. Are we clear so far? Yes. 
Go to Revelation chapter 22. We find that John was a bit of a slow learner. He tries to worship the angel again. (laughs) And if you go down to verse 8, the Bible says, I, John, saw these things, and I heard them. And when I heard them and seen them, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed them to me. Then he said to me, See you do it not. Slow learner. For I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the who? The prophets. Okay, so the brethren have the spirit of prophecy. And here the Bible says the brethren are the prophets. John was a prophet. The angel was a prophet. There were other prophets at that time. And those are called the brethren. And so what you find is that the testimony of Jesus is manifest not amongst those who have the gift of teaching, but amongst those who have the gift of Prophecy. Right. Does that answer your question? Yes. So you do not have the testimony of Jesus, Mon. I hate to disappoint you because you are not a prophetess. Well, I don't know. I think I'd be scared witless if I was a prophetess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is it's a very valid point because you find uh, a lot of numerous occasions where people who have the gift of prophecy have become quite terrified over some of the experiences that they've had and some of the things that they have seen and the amount of responsibility that is entrusted to them. Yeah, yeah, with great responsibilities. And, and there's been people who have tried to reject the gift. Yeah, in fact, some have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not sure which party I'd be in. I guess I have to find out if I ever got there, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Well, who knows? The Bible says that at the end of time, lots of people will have... <coughs> Old uh, men will dream dreams. Young men yeah. will... Young women shall prophesy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not really a young woman anymore. Yes, you are. I'm almost middle-aged, dude. Anyway. Does that make you feel old? <laughs> I'm middle-aged. What does that make you? No, nah, I'm You're guessing. only saying that. You are only saying that to make me feel old. Well... Let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. The Bible says, Even as the testimony of Jesus was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift. And so we know very, very clearly that the testimony of Jesus is one of the gifts of the Spirit. And in this case, it is the gift of prophecy. Now let's think about this for a moment, because let's think about our Bible. Mm-hmm. How did our Bible come to us? I mean, I went to the bookshop and bought mine. Okay. Yeah. Um, how was the Bible... Who is the author of the Bible? Well, the Bible says that the uh, the 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 Bible was inspired. Mm-hmm. So holy men of God, holy men of old, yeah, wrote as the spirit as the spirit moved them. Moved them, yeah. Okay, so all of the Bible, starting with the books of Moses, every book of the Bible is written by somebody who has the gift of prophecy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Does that? Wait, 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 wait a second. So, if the Bible was inspired, right, and so mm-hmm. therefore they were had the gift of prophecy, but the Bible's not being added to, and it hasn't been added added to mm-hmm. since it went to publication. Does that mean this this spirit of prophecy is this gift of prophecy is dead, it's obsolete? Because I, I had somebody tell me that once. Well, the Bible's been written. You should have come to our Bible study the other night. We talked all about this. Oh, really? All right. So, good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the gift of prophecy come to an end just because the writing of the Bible came to an end? That's your question, right? Yeah, pretty much. Ephesians chapter 4 has your answer. Ephesians chapter 4, we will start reading in verse 11. Yep. You got that one for us there, please, Bon? Verse 11 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. 
Okay, so we stop there. Uh, you've got a list of gifts that uh, that God gave to the church. These are gifts of the Spirit, right? Yeah. Number mm-hmm. two was prophets. Number two was so prophets are included. That's true. All right. What were they given to the church for? Verse 12, please. Uh, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. All right, let's stop there for a moment. When we read this particular passage, do we believe that God, no, God's church no longer needs equipping, edifying, building up, Oh, definitely not. It's going to need that to the end of time. <laughs> All right, it's going to need that to the end of time. All right, so what we've got to figure out then is... Does the gift of prophecy stay until the end of time? Verse 13. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Have you measured up to the full and complete standard of That will also never happen until the end of time. Until Jesus comes back. In other words, the gift of prophecy here is here with us until the return of Christ. We're going to listen to uh, Nathan Young with the language of Canaan. Talk in the language of Canaan. I could tell a little of the glory of a better world. Oh, that I could talk in the language of Canaan. the glory of a better world where there is no night and the land is the light where no teardrops fall oh hell not like here at all No, 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 no Oh, that I could talk In the language of Canaan I could tell a little of the glory mm, Of a better world The wonderful things the Lord showed me of heaven, I cannot describe. I saw there tables of stone in which the names of the multitude of the redeemed were engraved in letters of gold. After we beheld the glory of the temple, we went out and Jesus left us and went into the city. Soon we heard his lovely voice again saying, Come, my people, you have come out of great tribulation and done my will, suffered for me. Come in to supper, for I myself will serve you. We shouted, Alleluia, glory, and entered into the city. And I saw a table of pure silver. It was many miles in length. Yet our eyes could extend over it. 
I saw the fruit of the tree of life, the manna, almonds, figs, pomegranates, grapes, and many other kinds of fruit. Then Jesus said, You must go back to earth again and relate to others what I have revealed to you. Then an angel bore me gently down to this dark world. Sometimes I think I can stay here no longer. All things of earth look so dreary. I feel very lonely here, for I have seen a better land. Oh, four wings like a dove, so that I could fly. Nathan Young with the language of Canaan. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Encounter with God. We are talking about the gift of prophecy. What a beautiful song. This is an amazing mm. song, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of a uh, yeah, a dream, a vision that somebody had of uh, of heaven. Okay, so where were we? We were in verse 13 of chapter 4 of Ephesians. Working backwards there. Where the Bible says that the gift of prophecy is given until... We all come into the unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And Mon made a major confession. I did? Yes, you did. Uh Uh-oh. In the last segment, you confessed that you are not perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have not yet measured up to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Dude, you can look at me and tell I'm not perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a major confession at all. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all have to make that confession right there. And we know that, of course, the gift of prophecy is here to be with God's church right through to the very end of time. Amen. So, does that you were asking a question about that earlier on about you know why 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 did the Bible end where the Bible ended and why why is it that we haven't you know if yeah. we've got more prophets why don't we just keep adding to the Bible why wait, does the wait, Bible wait, just keep getting longer and bigger and in the light of your answer to this question mm-hmm. as you just showed from the Bible that the gift of prophecy continues. After the Bible, even though it's complete, the Bible's complete, right? Mm-hmm. Does that mean there might be more writings, more books out there that might be prophetic? Absolutely. Okay. 
Okay. That does not make them a part of the Bible. Okay, it doesn't make them a part of the Bible, but it does make them prophetic. Okay, so who was the greatest prophet in the Bible? Isaiah. Jesus. No, oh, other than Jesus. Um, John. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. The Bible says there was no, Jesus says there was no greater prophet than John the Baptist. It's funny how you assumed I meant John the Baptist because I did mean John the Revelator. I kind of <laughs> saw that on your face as soon as I said John the Baptist. <laughs> you should have just owned it, Mom. You should have just owned no, it. No, no. I'm trying to be perfect. I <laughs> meet all my sins. <laughs> all right. So it, uh, now, how many books did John write? Um, uh, uh, wait, Please turn in the Bible to the book of John the Baptist. It, there isn't one. That's right. He didn't write any books of the Bible. And so you can be a great prophet and not be an author of the Bible. Wow, that's profound. In fact, the greatest of the prophets is not an author of the Bible, according to what Jesus said. John the Baptist. He's not an author. At all? No. Maybe he was dyslexic or something. Maybe. So, But, but he spoke well. The, who wrote most of the Bible? Like Moses? Did Moses write the majority of it? Moses wrote... Well, no, nah, it's all over the place. Okay. Um, Moses wrote the first five books, that's all. That's a lot of books, though. He may have also written Job, we don't know. Was he a prophet? Yeah, of course. Okay. All of the Bible authors were prophets. Oh, yeah, right, we've already established that. Yeah, Sorry, all of the Bible that. authors were prophets. Um, so, yeah, you, you, uh, you can be a great prophet without actually writing any portion of the Bible, or you can be a great prophet who writes books... That are still not included in the Bible. Watch this. Go to... Uh, you missed the Bible study the other night, Mon. It was just so much fun. Yeah, mine bad. I was working on setting my body clock all right. Yep, that's perfectly reasonable. First Chronicles, Mon. First Chronicles. First Chronicles, chapter 29 and verse 29. I still got Chronicles and Corinthians mixed up. Yeah. So First Chronicles, chapter what now? 29, verse 29. Let me show you a very chronic verse right here. Oh, that is such a dad joke. Yeah. Hang on. I snuck it in there. Fingers have turned into butter. butter Stuff to make you wrath, isn't it? All the events of King David's reign from beginning to end are written in the record of Samuel the seer, the record of Nathan the prophet, and the record of Gad the seer. Okay, so the word seer simply means prophet. Yes. Another okay. word for prophet. Mm-hmm. Um, yours says record, mine says book. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the book of Samuel the prophet, right? Yes, first and second Samuel. Called, it's called first and second Samuel. So yep. we have those books. Yeah. Please turn in your Bible now to the book of Gad. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that, Lyle. All right. <laughs> then maybe you could turn to the book of Nathan. Also just as difficult. <laughs> so you can go to Samuel, but you can't go to Gad or Nathan. I wonder why their books got excluded. I mean, clearly they wrote them, but it didn't get published. And they were inspired and they, by God. Exactly. These are not apocryphal books. These are not Gnostic books. These are books that came from God, and they're not in the Bible. So what on earth are the qualifications to get your prophetic writer, prophetic book, Yep. Into the prophetic Bible. So you want to become a prophet and uh, you want to get your, your, your books into the Bible. Yeah, because it seems that being a prophet and writing prophetic writings doesn't actually qualify you to get your stuff in the Bible. No, it doesn't. Absolutely. Here's how it works. Um, these are what you call canonical prophets and non-canonical prophets, which has nothing to do with canons. Or cones. Yeah, not them either. Okay. So a canonical prophet is the word canon spelt with the extra N in the word it simply means the rule, and the Bible is the rule, and Moses wrote the rule when he wrote the first five books. 
Gotcha. So all canonical prophets must abide by the rule of the books of Moses. Mm-hmm. Right? Non-canonical prophets as well if they are um, if they are, you know, going to be true prophets. However, if they are going to be added to the rule, right? So they're yes. going to be added to the rule. So the rule begins with the first five books of Moses and then it gets added to until John finishes it in the book of Revelation. Gotcha. Okay. If they're going to be added in, then these are books that God chooses and he marks them out as books that contain information for all time. Okay. So Samuel writes for all time. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Nathan and Gad, we have, we have small portions of things that they said, you know, in the books of Samuel. Um, we have small portions of what they said, but they did not write for all time. They wrote for their time. Wow. So That's their information. Profound. So their information is not 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 particularly relevant for us today. So why would God preserve it forever? And so God preserves those inspired works that we need. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me that everything in the Bible is relevant to me now. Absolutely. That's exactly what That's it incredible. That's exactly what it's saying. That means nothing, nothing in this book should be considered old-fashioned and not applicable to 2019. And that's why, this is also why, the Bible will be never added to again. Because it's complete. Think about right? this. It's yeah. complete. And you think about this. If a prophet stands up today and starts prophesying, their information is relevant to our time. We live in the end of time. Our time is about to be over. So you can't really, doesn't make sense to put it in a book that's for all time. Ah, that's interesting as well. Wow. But it doesn't make it any less inspired, does it? Yeah, no. Because you don't have levels of inspiration. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as levels mm-hmm. of inspiration. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I know we only have like a minute and a half left, so we might have to answer this tomorrow. But if prophets like Nathan and Gad were writing stuff that was like super relevant to way back in the day and thus obsolete for us now, does that mean there could be prophets today who are writing stuff that's really, really relevant for right now? Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. There could be someone listening to this show right now who could be a prophet. Could be. Who has some really relevant information. It's possible. For April 2019. Uh-huh. It is possible. My mind is bending. That's It is absolutely amazing. possible. There, In fact, there are a lot of people who claim to have that gift, and we bumped into a few of them while we were in Ethiopia, um, who were claiming to have that gift and screaming it out over the streets. Um, okay. See, that's, yeah, that's what people usually think, like a yeah, tinfoil okay. hat, some alien interaction. That's why I say it's possible. It's possible. I'm not saying that everybody who claims to have that gift is a so prophet. We've got to find out how to That's figure right. that out. This is really, really important because this is a trap that a lot of people fall into. They do not test the spirits. In fact, I had some Christians, a group of Christians once told me that you should never test the spirits because in doing so you deny faith in God. Yeah, because you can't just lay this bomb on our lap, Lyle, and say, hey, check this out. The Bible says we're going to have prophets in this day and age. But then the Bible has to also tell us how to figure it out, right? Yeah. And not just leave us in the lurch here. Absolutely. The Bible gives the strictest tests to this gift than any other gift. Anyway, moving on, we have uh, Keith Lancaster with Go Tell John. All right, stay tuned for tomorrow. is the man who doesn't fall away because of me. As he sat there in that prison cell, he knew just how it came about. And he knew his life was over and he was 
fellas never coming out But there was just one thing he had to know He had to make a final plea So he sent his friends to ask the Lord If he was who he claimed to be Go tell John That the lame have learned to walk That the poor can hear the word of God And the deaf can hear me talk Go tell John Finally see, oh, and blessed is the man who doesn't fall away because of me. He was born so he could tell the world that the kingdom was at hand and that the Christ would soon come after him to complete the Father's plan. And there was nothing else he wanted more than to see this kingdom grow. It was the only thing that mattered It was all he had to know So go tell John Go tell John That the lame have learned to walk That the Lord can hear the word of God And the deaf can hear me talk Go tell John Go tell John That the blind can finally see Oh, and blessed is the man who doesn't fall away well, he gave his life to testify that Jesus was the Son. He only wanted now to know that it was a good thing he had done. Soon he would be murdered by a wicked, evil man. And I'm sure the words of Jesus helped him understand. Go tell John.
easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. We read and heard a story from the blessed old book How the walls of Jericho, the people marched around And when the trumpet sounded, how the mighty walls shook Walls around the city came a-tumbling down The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled his back before old Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and his sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he do Never will forsake us, man, and I will make come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home The Lord said, Brother Jonah, go to Nineveh land But he disobeyed the Lord by hiding away Then Jonah got converted to obey the command from the well the Lord delivered him on that day The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty wind that blew He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us, man, and our one may come Safely he will lead his faithful children on home The Lord has raised the dead and caused the blinded to see Cleanse the leper spots and turn the water to wine The Lord's the same today and now forever will be there's no other power like the Savior divine The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled the waters back before Moses and his men He led the people out of Egypt's bondage and his sin The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He said the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose up from the grave just like the prophets said he do Never will forsake us matter not when they come Safely he will lead his faithful children on Welcome back guys, you're listening to Faith FM and it has come time for question of the day as we struggle with a few technical issues here in the studio. And the question of the day that has come through is a most interesting one. It refers to godparents. What is a godparent? What is the role of a godparent? And uh, do they exist in all churches? Do they exist only in some churches? Okay, so the idea of a godparent goes back all the way to the second century. You do not find the concept of a godparent anywhere in the Bible. Although there are some some <clears throat> some very positive things and probably some examples of um, circumstances that would be something like, something similar to what a godparent is. <coughs> Excuse me. And so... 
when we look at uh, it, it goes back to the origins of infant baptism and so the idea was when they invented infant baptism of course they invented this out of thin air well not really they stole it from paganism uh, because in the Bible the Bible teaches adult baptism um, rather than infant baptism Jesus was baptized when he was 33 30 years old <clears throat> but when infants you know the the, 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 the deal was in back in the day and still is to this day, in many respects, when a person is baptized, they make a confession of faith. Clearly, a baby cannot make a confession of faith. And so because a baby could not make a confession of faith, the parents would be there to make that confession of faith on behalf of the baby when the infant was being baptized. And so um, originally this was the parents who would do this uh, by the year 408, we have a record from uh, Augustine who suggested that in exceptional cases, it could be somebody other than the parent who would make this confession of faith in, on behalf of the child. Now, of course, in making a, a confession of faith on behalf of the child, it meant that they now took the responsibility of raising that child or making sure that child was raised to be a servant of God and to actually uh, fulfill their baptismal vows. And so what that basically meant was that the person who made that confession uh, would be the mentor for that child. They would witness the baptism. They would make the confession of faith. They would then, as the child grew, they would be the person who taught the child scripture. Um, they would guide them in lifelong spiritual formation. And they would be, uh, if they weren't the actual parents themselves, they would be responsible for raising the child if the child was orphaned because they were like the spiritual parents of the child. So in 408, uh, Augustine mentioned that, yeah, in exceptional cases, uh, it could be something other, someone other than the parents. Uh, by 100 years later, um, you have the Corpus Juris Civilis, which indicates that parents had been completely replaced in that role and godparents had taken over. In fact, by the year 530, there were laws being made that a godparent could not marry his godson or goddaughter. It was seen as being incest if that actually took place, which is really, really most interesting. And so when we look at the concept of a godparent, we see some good things and we see some negative things. Infant baptism is not in the Bible. In fact, the Bible uh, is very, very clearly against infant baptism. The Bible says that we need to believe, we need to repent, and we need to be taught before we are baptized. And so the Bible does not support the concept of infant baptism. But the Bible does support the concept of older members within the church community being mentors to the younger members within that community. And so mentorship by um, you know, by older members within a church community is a very, very positive thing. And so I'm just sort of looking at this and thinking, okay, mentorship is something that we've uh, been looking for for a long time within Christianity. Maybe we need to bring this whole, you know, godparent thing back in a different and more biblical format. But anyway, that's what godparents are and that's where it comes from. Do you have a question? Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. Stand obey, and as 
show with Lyle and mine. We're at the end of the show. I have so many things to give you, to tell you about, so many freebies right now in the next few minutes. 
First of all, if you would like to come along to our special Easter program, we are having it a week early, which is great because it means that you can do your usual Easter thing on Easter, but you can still get some wonderful Easter programming in without having to double book everything. This coming Saturday, this very weekend in a few days' time, uh, on Saturday we will have a special Easter program happening at the Maitland Seventh-day Adventist Church. The address there is 72A Brunswick Street, East Maitland. We're having a variety of things is happening. Uh, Lyle and myself will be there. Lyle will be preaching a sermonette. There'll be a lot of special music, special uh, um, uh, program happening. I will be doing a, a special little thing there as well, a bit of a secret, a bit of a surprise. I'll be getting up and presenting something. You are all welcome to come along. It is totally free. 10 a.m. 72A Brunswick Street, East Maitland at the Seventh-day Adventist Maitland Church. Also, if you would like to get a free Bible, call us right now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You will get a wonderful hardcover copy of the New International Version Bible that comes with Bible study resources included. It's a beautiful Bible, color maps in the back. That's our giveaway for today. Just be the first person to call through, 1-800-FAITH-FM. We also have a special message this morning. For one of our faithful listeners, Donna, uh, here in Newcastle, who is heading into surgery. And uh, we're actually playing one of her songs next. We have interviewed her in the past on uh, Faith FM. Her and her husband uh, make up the band Stones of Eden. And we're going to play her song next, Don't Give Up. And so, Donna, we just want to encourage you uh, with your surgery this morning and and maybe encourage you to listen to your own lyrics. <laughs> Don't give up. We're all praying for you. Um, and if you are listening, just whisper a prayer for Donna um, and her surgery today. We'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. Have a fabulous day.